Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Brian Dawes. And I'm Chris Delano. And today we're going to talk about the legends of Innistrad. Uh, before we get talking about that, Jay, uh, there's like a big thing happening tomorrow for you. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you want to do, do that now or do you want to save that for the end of the podcast? No, I guess uh, I should mention it. So, you, you, if, should, you know, I'm actually going to insist that you shill. I, I want you to take some time and shill it. You don't have to do it right now, but I want you to sell this thing. I complete, you know, I've been completely <laughs> forgetting that that is ne- uh, next week because my son's starting kindergarten and that's it's like. It's not next week, Jay. It's tomorrow. Okay. It, it is, uh, it is Monday. Oh, Arjun uh, is, my son is at day, at kindergarten today, according to the loss of time. Anyway, so, uh, this week, my book planes of the multiverse comes out. Uh, it is the same format as legends. It's the, about the same length, um, about the same word count from me. However, it goes through, I think it's 19 different planes. Uh, talking high level about what are the key facets of each plane. I organized it in a way that while it's not a history, if you read it from beginning to end, it explains the things that you'll need to know later uh, for the most part. Uh, so you won't be surprised by like War of the Spark. Who is this guy? I go into some of those stories um, as much as I was able to. I really I wanted to make this a history book, but we needed to make it a, a little more accessible to pe- to the the more casual person who's going to pick this up. Uh, but it, it, if you want to, if you want it, check it out. Uh, there's also going to be an announcement day this week. I have no idea what they're going to. I hope they just announce quite a few things, <laughs> and that way I don't have to keep them a secret anymore. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, look anyway. out for that uh, tomorrow, everyone who's listening on Monday, which is. Um... When we release this podcast, and I know all of our faithful friends listen to it immediately. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, yeah, keep your eyes out. There's an announcement day tomorrow, Tuesday, the 23rd. Let me check a calendar real quick. It 24th. is 24th. Yeah, the 24th. There we go. We record on Thursday, everybody. So this is we're back in the 19th. <laughs> but then Jay's book also comes out that same day. So I and I am doing a giveaway uh, until midnight, the 27th. I have 10 copies of the book. And if you send me a screen cap of your receipt for donating to a refugee resettlement organization, uh, if you check out my Twitter at J13X, I uh, J-A-Y 13X, I I have a list of um, ones that are specifically bringing uh, a lot of Afghan refugees to the United States and resettling them. Uh, if you donate to a refugee resettlement organization and send me the screen cap, I will um, enter you into the drawing for these 10 books. If you donate $20 or more, I will even draw something for you. And you know what? I haven't practiced art in like a decade, so it's not going to be that great. But I did used to be an artist at one point in the past. I'm not even getting a signed copy of the book, which is just, you know, sad. You could ask for one, Chris. Oh, you know, Jay, maybe I'll maybe I'll send you up a copy because with the way the you know world is in a never ending pandemic and climate disaster, <laughs> I'm probably not going to like make my way up to to where you live anytime soon. But uh, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll send you a, a copy in a, a self-addressed envelope, self-addressed yes. box, Please. and you can Please. sign it and send it back to me. 
that would be that would be perfect. Yes, that's a great idea. Um, all right. So let's talk about the legends of Innistrad. And let me bring this thing back up. I brought up the calendar to figure out what the heck day it was going to be. It's fine, Jay. You're just adding stuff that I have to edit out later. I love it. I love making your job harder. I'm so sorry, Chris. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the legends of Innistrad. So these are the carded legends and characters uh, that are very high profile but may not have cards uh, from Innistrad. And that includes the Planeswalkers. So let's start with uh, the angels, because they tend to be the most high-profile characters on the plane, specifically Avacyn. So Avacyn is about, or was, about a thousand-year-old angelic construct built by Soren Markov in order to maintain the balance on the plane. Essentially, Soren, after like 6,000 years wandering the multiverse or some nonsense, uh, finally realized, oh, hey, all these gluttonous fools are eventually going to eat up our food supply because uh, they're not, you know, they're not thinking 2,000 years in the future, 5,000 years in the future. Uh, I better do something that makes sure uh, it wasn't wasn't for people's sake, really, um, although it helped people. Uh, but I better make sure that our livestock population essentially doesn't get wiped out too quickly. Uh, and so he created Avacyn as like a defense for the plane and to keep the balance on the plane between the forces of the night and the, the humans and mortals who are preyed upon. And uh, that is until she got sealed into the Hell Vault. Uh, she was eventually freed when the Hell Vault was destroyed, when Liliana ultimated on it. Um, <laughs> making Thalia choose between her men and the... Uh, um, Liliana of the Veil, as ultimate, I should note, uh, making Thalia choose between the Hell Vault and uh, her men. And I'll talk about Thalia in a minute. Uh, Avacyn was freed, uh, but so was Nahiri, a planeswalker uh, that you might remember from our Zendikar episodes earlier this year or last year. God, I can't remember. Last year, maybe. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, time doesn't exist anymore, Jay. We've we've been in March of 2020 for about oh, a right. year and a half now. Sweet, sweet <laughs> Avacyn. Um, <clears throat> Nahiri had a plot that uh, caused uh, Avacyn to go mad by redirecting the ley lines on the plane, forcing Soren Markov to destroy her, lest she uh, destroy humanity. So uh, you mentioned that Avacyn is an angel construct. Does that mean we're going to get some uh, errata to make her card legendary creature angel construct or um, or what? <laughs> Shut your mouth, Chris. Okay. So, well, no, no, I think this is an important point to make. I think this is an important point to make. No, angels, you're right. Angels in Magic the Gathering are mana constructs. They are the create, they're white mana that has been distilled uh, into a form, essentially. And that's what Soren Some, did. Sometimes, sometimes, but not always. You know, like anything in Magic, it's not a hard and fast rule. Yeah, like the, the Valkyries of, of Call Time are very different from the Angels of Innistrad, which are different. In some ways, from like Sarah's angels, but like right. in this case, Avison is kind of just like one of Sarah's angels. She's just a manifestation of white mana, and even even more than that, Avison lacked like affect and uh, a lot of other things. She just she had her mission, and that was it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, the other angels of the plane are naturally occurring. They're still what we term as like mana constructs, meaning they naturally arose from white mana on the plane. Um, one is uh, Gisela, uh, who's the leader of flight Gold Knight. Uh, if I remember correctly, she's like mm-hmm. the warrior archangel. Uh, her flight um, was responsible for helping train Cathars at the Elgald grounds in Nathalia. Uh, but she met her end in the same story that Avison did, which I will talk about in a second when I talk about her sister, Bruna. Uh, so Gisela was the white-red archangel. Bruna was the white-blue archangel. She was the leader of Flight Alabaster. They're kind of like the Grim Reapers. They shepherded people to the afterlife, uh, or to the Blessed Sleep, and kept them in the Blessed Sleep. Uh, but then Emrakul came a knocking. Uh, Gisela and Bruna were affected by the same mental issues that Avacyn was facing as uh, in Nahiri's plot as she redirected the ley lines and attracted uh, Emrakul to the plane. They fused and created the Eldrazi angel monstrosity Brazella, which was defeated by... Gosh, we'll we'll get into it in a second. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a, you know, that's going to be a big part of our next episode, which we'll be covering the history of Innistrad. So we'll keep it kind of brief yeah, and just say, uh, Brazella was cool. Like one of the coolest like cards and like designs that they've ever made. It's an Eldrazi angel. It's terrifying. Agreed. I miss Merge. I want to see, I want to see it again. <laughs> so do yeah. I. They didn't do it on nearly enough cards for me, but yeah, they only did it on like three. But to yeah, be fair, well, you needed both cards for it to work. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. All right, Chris. All right, Chris. Uh, the next angel sister is Sigarda. She is kind of represents purity. Uh, she is the white green angel. Um, she's the only survivor. Uh, so the odds that we will see her in the upcoming Innistrad set are probably high, considering she's the only one, al- only angel alive. She always survives Emrakul, guys. She always survives Emrakul, no matter which form she's in. She always survives. Just look at the cards. It's, mm-hmm. on, it's a story on the card. So she oversees the flight of herons. Um, when Avison was going mad, she was the only angel who wasn't going mad and stood in defense of humanity. Uh, and so a sect has grown up around her, the Sigardian sect. Uh, you saw a little bit of that in like the Shadows of the Innistrad block. Um, I'm curious to see how much of that has made it into uh, these new sets. Because uh, even though I'm, I, I know story details i don't actually know every card in the set so i'm I'm curious how um whether or not the sigardian sect makes a, a big impact uh but she is the last living angel because our last angel sister laisa shroud of dusk i believe is her 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 title yep. or something like that uh she is the white black angel sister well, now, she, she was. Let's get our verb tenses correct. Oh, she okay. was the yes. white black angel sister. So she got got by Avison back in the day uh, because she was the archangel who was most likely to make a deal with a demon for the greater good. Uh, she was the angel who was trying to mitigate evil's damage rather than try and stamp it out altogether or prevent it altogether. Uh, she realized there might be some small necessary evils to prevent bigger ones. Uh, and she was consorting with a demon uh, when Avison found out and killed her. Uh, <laughs> which yeah. never quite sat right with Sigarda. We didn't actually have her name until, I think, last year. Was it Commander, Commander Legends? Legends? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Commander Legends gave her so a that- card. Most people have forgotten about it. 
Car's great. Car does <laughs> so much work if, if left unchecked. She is. It's a really cool card. It's a really cool mm-hmm. card. Uh, so yeah, of those five archangels, only one of them is alive. So, uh, yeah, there's. A, I mean, like, there's a lot of angels on this plane. That's yes. another thing to remember. Is like, there's, there's a lot. Uh, and there's also one that plays a pretty important role in the story of Davriel Kane and another character who we're going to discuss a little bit later, uh, who is maybe a planeswalker. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a. They're they're pretty important. That's a pretty important angel. She's referred to as the Nameless Angel. Uh, and I think we'll talk a little bit about her next week when we talk about the story of Innistrad. Um, but she's gone too, so don't worry. There's there's just Sigarda now. So then we have the demons of the plane, which are the angel's counterparts. Uh, these are beings of black mana. So one thing to note about the demons on the plane is that they cannot be permanently destroyed. Although it's not clear if you destroy a demon, if it reforms as exactly the same demon or another demon of the same power level or whatever. So it's not really clear if they're more like reborn or reincarnated or something. But the first of those uh, is Gristlebrand, who was one of Liliana's demonic four demonic debtors. I believe he was the second one we learned of after Kothafed. Um, it was like a big deal back in the day, and then they dropped that pop plot line for like five years. <laughs> <laughs> and we were left with just two for a long time until we got some names in one of the duels of the Planeswalker games. But anyway, besides that, he was also trapped in the Hell Vault with Avison. He tricked her into imprisoning herself uh, when he... Uh, uh, I, I don't remember if she ran him through or he ran, I think he took her blade and ran her through or something. Uh, and so when she mouthed the, finished the spell to seal him in the hell vault, she was also sealed. Uh, he was freed and he was the reason Liliana destroyed the hell vault with her ultimate. Um, because, you know, it's hard for black to destroy artifacts, but it's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> and he was killed by Liliana. Now, he was the head of a demonic cult called the Skurzdag, uh, who then transferred their worship to the next strongest uh, demon on the plane, Ormendal, the profane prince. We don't actually know a lot about him other than there are several bishops on what is called the Lunarchs Council, which was the um, the ruling body of the church and the plane. Um after the last Lunark died, because the Lunarks just kept dying. So they just decided to have a bishop's council instead of these figureheads who kept getting killed. Avison killed the last Lunark. Um, <laughs> that's that's what happened to the last of the Lunarks. Also important to know. Yeah, the, the Skurzdag kind of saw that opening and were like, hey, they, uh, there's no Lunark, and it's not really a highly desired job since the last uh, several have all died. So... Um, why don't we uh, take advantage of this, set up a puppet government, and uh, put a bunch of cultists in there. <laughs> uh, and that's where Ormondal came to power, because the Skurzdag were like, hey, Gristlebrand's dead, we need someone to worship. Ormondal was like, I'm right here. And uh, yeah. It's like, hey, out hey, hey. Ormondal's like, I am here. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was just, you know, he was like, hey, this is a great opportunity. You need a demon to lead you. I need people to sacrifice to me. So uh, let's make it happen. Um, Real, real good, uh, real good setup. Really, everyone was pretty happy with it. Norman Dahl is is the main reason I've I've gotten to an SCG Invitational. So <laughs> that card was one of my favorite cards in Standard at the time. Um, oh no, this was this this was in Modern. I, I sacrificed a bunch of elves to him. It was great. 
<laughs> I had a modern elf deck for like a, a brief period of time and Ormondal that playing that land and just watching your opponent realize like, oh, they don't have an out to this is like yep. my favorite moment. It was um, great. I, yeah. The guy damnation with, with um, the vampire do that whenever a creature dies, you get zombie tokens. But anyway, that doesn't matter. This is a Vorthos cast, not, not, not <laughs> Brian, Brian is the only one of us who is, uh, who plays magic compet- well, competitively well. I will have you know, I won a game day at my LGS with Ormondal in my deck. That is my one claim to fame of any magic playing I've done is I won a game day thanks to Ormondal. Wow. It was uh, White Blue Spirits right after Shadows of Innistrad came out. Uh, had my, uh, or was it Eldritch Moon? I don't know. I had like Rattle Chains and uh, uh, the, the Spell Queller and Ormondal was one of the lands. Yeah, it was good. So I should also note here that uh, because demons can't be destroyed, Avison's Maxim comes into play, which is uh, what cannot be destroyed must be bound, I believe is what, what yeah, it is. that's it. Um, and so that's where that collar symbol comes from. So you mean the, the collar of Avison's church? Yes, correct. The <laughs> collar symbol you see all over the religious icon. Um, the, so, the thing that uh, no, uh, no werewolf hates more than, than a collar is the the one thing they hate more is the collar of Avison's church? That one? Yeah, yeah, that that's the one, Chris. That's <laughs> the one. Uh, <laughs> so that's why, like, for instance, she was sealing demons like Gristlebrand into the Hell Vault in the first place, is because she couldn't destroy them. Um, the last demon that has a legendary card is Withengar. Uh, Withengar was imprisoned in a dagger called Elbrus the Binding Blade. Uh, so he was a uh, two-faced card uh, with Elbrus on one side and Withengar on the other. Um, he is, in fact, one of the uh, only legendary creatures that is also a legendary artifact that can't be your commander. Unless you're playing with cool people who are just like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I still don't know why he's not legal, but that's a whole separate thing. It, it doesn't make any sense after call time that Withengar isn't just legal, but whatever. Salt, 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 salt. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Withengar uh, is actually responsible for killing a saint on Innistrad named Saint Traft. Uh, so there's a whole thing, there's a whole story where basically Traft was tricked into killing these cultists that freed Elbrus. Elbrus then killed Traft, Traft's guardian angel, who's the one he summons when he attacks. Um fought and destroyed Withengar, um, and the saint uh, held on afterwards and became a geist. So I think I just covered Geist to St. Traff too, but <laughs> we'll just mention that when we get to him, because there's more. There's a little bit more to him, more recent stuff. Okay. So let's talk about vampires. Let's talk about... Do we have to? Vampires suck. Thousand... <laughs> Six thousand years ago, uh, a alchemist in, St- in the region of Stensia uh, named Edgar Markov uh, was, I don't want to say entrapped. He was he was consorting with a demon who was trying to get him to to create the curse of vampirism. Uh, Edgar didn't really want to do it, so uh, this other demon, a guy named Shulgengar, is r- rumored to have started a plague in Stensia. A, I'm sorry, a famine in Stensia uh, to kind of put the pressure on. Edgar ended up uh, performing this ritual, which involved exsanguinating an angel. Um, 
I think it was Mary's or something like that was the name of the angel. Uh, it's not important. She's dead. And, and bestowed the gift of vampirism on his family and closest friends and allies, who then became the heads of the major vampire houses we talked about. One of those was Soren Markov, uh, who is not stuck in Iraq. Uh, Soren, uh, at some point, his spark ignited. I don't know if it's officially stated that his spark ignited when he became a vampire or not. I don't. I don't recall. I think so. Uh, I think that was in his like origin article back in Innistrad. Um, I'm not going to talk much about Soren. You don't need uh, like if you're listening. Even if you listen to this podcast, you probably don't need to know much about him. Uh, he was allies, uh, and he was a mentor to the Planeswalker Nahiri. Uh, he became allies with Ugin. They all created together. They created the Hedron Network on Innistrad. Um, mm-hmm. All of that's going to factor into Innistrad's overall story. So we'll talk about that next time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, they did not create a Hedron or, or Hedron Network on Innistrad. They created a Hedron Network on Zendikar. Uh, yes, on, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> very important plot detail. There's no Hedrons on Innistrad yet. No, well, I mean. Uh, the the um, cryptoliths were technically a, a a form of the hedrons, uh, but anyway. So the House Falconrath, uh, the progenitors long since dead. The most well known person is Angie Falconrath, or Angie, or Anya. I have, I literally have no idea how this is supposed to be pronounced, but uh, she is probably one of the most powerful of the Falconraths, who are now kind of divided. Uh, and she's looking to reunify the Falcon Rats under her leadership, if I recall correctly. Then you've got Olivia Valderin, who is the most stylish of the uh, Vampire House progenitors. Um, she, uh, I will talk more about her in the story as well, because she's gonna she she matters a whole lot to the Shadows Over Innistrad plot. Um, there's also a vampire named Runo Stromkirk, who's the head of the Stromkirks. We have not seen a Runo Stromkirk card. He is the better get one. only living um, vampire head of household who doesn't have a card yet. Uh, he is, unlike the others, he does not live in Stensia. He lives in Nefalia on the coast and worships sea gods and will worship with these cults on, in, on the coast. Uh, like he used to when he was immortal way back when. I guess it's kind of nostalgic for him. <laughs> uh, there's also Jaleva, uh, who was a commander from a long time ago. Uh, she lives in a tower out in Nefalia as well, um, and is basically very bitter and plotting revenge, if I c- remember her story. Yeah, we don't know if she's a Stromkirk or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if she was. Yeah, she's um, also the she's also the only vampire on Innistrad who has uh, gone who has bl- any blue because uh, she was Grixis aligned colors. Oh, I mean, yeah. we haven't seen Runo yet. That's true. I, you know, it'd be surprising with the whole water sea God angle. If he didn't have a little blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that does, about does it for the vampires. Let's talk about the werewolves. Uh, do we have to werewolves bite? Yeah. You have one of these for everybody, Chris. Cause I just want to make sure that I'm prepared emotionally and physically. I, I don't have anything for the humans section because, you know, humans are terrible. Um, but that's that's just how it works. <laughs> okay, no worries. Um, so there are several notable werewolves on uh, Innistrad, only two of which have actually gotten cards, though. 
Um, I think the first time around, Commander was not quite the thing it is today on Innistrad. The second time around, the one legendary werewolf we got was un- a little underwhelming. We don't get quite as many werewolves as we do some of the other tribes, uh, simply because... They're foot cards, for the most part. It takes a lot for the dual face cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first werewolf we have is actually a um, planeswalker named Arlen Kord. Uh, Arlen was uh, cursed with vampire uh, with I'm sorry with lycanthropy early, uh, but she tried to join the church and find all these different ways of suppressing the curse uh, until one night when she was under attack by these devils. Uh, she lost control and turned, and her planeswalker spark ended up igniting. Uh, and on other planes, she learned control over her werewolf form. Uh, so she's one of the few werewolves that can uh, control her form. She can transform back and forth. And yeah, she she was involved somewhat in War of the Spark. She was not heavily involved. in. She had kind of her own little side story going on during Shadows Over Innistrad. Uh, but given that the uh, first upcoming set seems to heavily feature werewolves, I would I, I, I would say it's probably likely we're going to see Arlen again. Uh, the other was Ulric, who was the leader of the Kralin Horde, which was the largest of what they're called Howl Packs of the werewolves. Um, we don't really know too much about him other than that he runs with his pack, whether he's in human form or in werewolf form. Um, there were a few other leaders of Halpax. <laughs> yeah, the, the cool thing about Ulrich from, from the very little bit of lore we have about him is that he was like one of the only werewolves that could still command respect when in human shape. Uh, so like you would run into a bunch of werewolves and there would just be a guy there just chilling. And that was Ulrich because he, uh, he didn't have to transform to, uh, to command the respect of all the other werewolves. He was just kind of a, a, a badass all on his own. So last time we mentioned, it wasn't really clear what the state of the Howl Packs will be going forward, because they were especially susceptible to uh, the Eldrazi, and there was the whole drone pack of Eldrazi-fied uh, werewolves. But before all that, there was, besides the Kralin Horde, which I just mentioned, there was the Vilden Pack, which was uh, rather infamous. Um, they're... they're their people were like murderers or killers, uh, whether they were in werewolf form or not. They were uh, they were led by an escaped convict named Rahilda. Uh, there was also the Mandronin Halpak and the Lerog Halpak. Uh, the Mandronin um, were said to have performed uh, lots of blood magic, and the Lerog were said to hunt under the dark of a new moon and favored preying on youths. Uh, both of these collapsed uh, before Shadows Over Innistrad, however. And then there were the Silver Furs, which was the remnants of the Wolfir we talked about last time. Uh, two friends named Johanna and Pavel uh, guide the Silver Furs. Yeah, I think Pavel is dead, uh, if I remember correctly. I think there's just Johanna left. Um, they're they're mostly gone. The Wolfirs are I would be pretty surprised if we see Wolfiers when we return to Innistrad because of the fact that, uh, yeah, the curse mute's gone. But just beyond that, even the ones that held on to that state of being, I think there was just Johanna. Um, they're they're gone by now. Uh, it's just it's not going to be a thing. If there is one that shows up, it'll be pretty surprising. 
So the Lirog were led by uh, a black-furred she-wolf named Skahara, and the Mondronin... Um, I, I don't recall the Mondronin's name off the top of my head. But it's okay, because they're just gone at this point, yeah. probably, right? I mean, like, the thing probably. about the werewolves, and we, we talked, well, y'all talked about it, I wasn't on the episode, when you talked about the, the sort of world of Innistrad, is that uh, uh, Immerkel kind of just, like, destroyed them. Like, imagine, imagine there's, like, a really easily transmissible plague going around, right? Uh, werewolves were particularly susceptible to it, and a lot of them really didn't want the vaccine that was offered to them, uh, so it just took them all out. But think of that plague as Immerkul, and the vaccine was the curse mute. Uh, except in this case, the vaccine kind of went away on its own because Avison went crazy. But besides, I'm just you know not trying to make any real world, uh, the, you know, no, not at associations. All. Uh, but if you could get vaccinated, do it. <laughs> they were led by a um, an alpha named Tovalar. Uh, so that about does it for the werewolves of the plane. I mentioned last time a little bit other metaphysics. I'm not going to get back into it today. Let's talk about the humans of the plane. So uh, let's start with Alina and Halana, who were introduced in flavor text in Shadows Over Innistrad and in the intro story, as was Arlen Cord, uh, as they were kind of tracking uh, a mystery early on. They were really runaway, breakout, n- uncarded characters. They're very popular because they're they're a lesbian couple. That isn't the only reason they were popular. They're they're very cool hunters uh, as well. But um, people were really mad because they, they had all this awesome flavor text. They had a pretty cool story they appeared in. And then they didn't have a card. Uh, it was one of those things where they were created in the creative text process after all the cards were finished. Uh, so there's no space for new cards for those two specifically. However, they finally got new ones in Commander Legends. Yep, they are they are partners, uh, both in life and in card. Yeah, Wizards tends to say things like that instead of being straight up there. Well, um, no, I mean it's just the the joke is that they are they're a couple, they're in a relationship, and they also have the partner mechanic with each other. So you it can, is uh, great. You can you can literally make a deck uh, made of girlfriends. It is it is great. They're they're two very good characters. Their cards are awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad we waited and got good cards rather than, you know, at some point just having them shoehorned in somewhere. Uh, Old Rutstein. I think you added this one, Chris. I did. Uh, Old Rutstein is just a flavor text character who shows up throughout all of the, the Innistrad blocks. Um, he was there in the rig- original Innistrad. He's been there in Shadows of Innistrad. Uh, he's a really, I would say, daring trader. So he... Like trade, not traitor. Like a, he's not traitorous, but th- you know what I mean. He's, he's a merchant. Um, he's a merchant. There we go. Uh, and he goes through like a lot of areas that other people wouldn't go to. So he shows up on a lot of cards where it's like you know, hey, this is a really dangerous trek to be making, or wow, this is a really scary place to be. Um, so he's just another one of those like flavor text characters, kind of like Hal and Alina. Uh, he's never had a card. Uh, we don't really know a whole lot about him, but. He's one of those people who I would look out for and expect, you know, I could see an old Rutstein card coming up in the next couple sets. Uh, definitely a flavor text character who could who could get more into the world. Um, but uh, speaking of characters who are were really made famous through their flavor text and their story, uh, the next set of humans to talk about 
Art Gerolf? 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 How do we pronounce that? I pronounce it Gerolf, but I yeah, that could easily be very wrong. So, I oh. Gerolf is probably fine. I think that's yeah. what we decided last week. Uh, Gerolf and Gisa Kakani uh, Kasani. It's I go Italian. Sasani. Sasani. I don't know how to. Yeah. I don't know how to say Italian names. They're like Southern German, Northern Italian. Racist. <laughs> Northern. No. Wow. I can't, I can't pronounce Italian names either. Really, most of the time. I know. All I know is I get mad when people leave off one of the N's or Elfs from my name. Um, but uh, yeah, Sasani. If, if you had asked my uh, my family, I pronounce our last name wrong, anyways. So, um, yeah, the uh, they're they're two of the most popular characters from Innistrad that aren't planeswalkers. Um, I'll just put it that way. So they came to fame by. Uh, having sort of a series of flavor texts and uh, a series of stories wherein it was just letters written back and forth between the two of them. They are a uh, brother-sister pair. And on Innistrad, like we discussed last week or the last time we talked about Innistrad, uh, there's sort of like two worlds when it comes to, to zombies on Innistrad. There's the blue ones and the black ones. The blue zombies are stitched together Frankenstein-esque monsters while the black zombies are ghouls that have been risen through necromancy. Uh, Garolf is a blue mage. He builds construct zombies. Gisa is a ghoul caller. She raises the dead. Uh, and they are brother and sister, constantly at each other's throats, constantly competing with each other. Uh, and together they they assault Thraben and kind of lay waste to it, uh, giving the way for uh, Liliana to get in there and destroy the Hell Vault. Or, well... Putting aside their own, yeah, putting aside their own petty rivalry and war, they realized, oh man, the city's basically defenseless without Avicen around. Let's attack it. Uh, I should also note about these two, if you like magic story and web fiction, uh, these two pretty much kicked it off with their early stories. So the original Innistrad actually did not have, it didn't have a novel. It was the last time the novel line was canceled. Um... So we had a full year without any real stories. We had like one or two side stories and some summary fiction type stuff uh, that came with every every set. Um, but it was these very humorous letters between uh, Gisa and Gralf as they uh, wage their war against each other and be super petulant, um, super petulant sociopaths to each other. Uh, that is the reason we have magic story today basically it was the precursor to the online fiction uh that became the standard going forward yeah uh, so they're they're definitely a labor of love i would say they their stories are read very much to me as someone who was just really enjoying this sort of sibling dynamic and wanted to make something fun out of it uh they they then went on to get uh separate cards and a commander product i think it was commander 2014 don't quote me on so. that yeah uh, it was the monocolor Planeswalker decks. Um, and then they went on to get a team-up card in the Shadows Over Innistrad set. Um, was it Shadows or was it Eldritch Moon? I don't remember, but it was that block. They got a team-up card. With both I think it was Eldritch Moon, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, where they're a brother and sister duo. So I would not be shocked to see a third iteration of them in the next coming sets. So what you need to understand about these two is that they are spoiled uh noblemen basically their their distant cousin is the pontiff and basically the ruler of the plane at the beginning of innistrad 
they're very wealthy, very spoiled, very sheltered. Uh, and they also happen to have parents who uh, or a mother, at least, who was into uh, necroalchemy or the science of resurrecting the dead. They both get into a different side of resurrecting the dead and uh, basically lay waste to their hometown, murder their parents in this like ongoing petty little war. Uh, later, Garolf kind of moves on by going and studying with this other guy I'll talk about in a minute, while uh, Gisa is still trying to continue her kind of childish, petty rivalry game. Uh, Garolf created the general of their army when they teamed up to attack Thraben. Uh, he named it Grim Grim, Grim Grin, in honor, in, oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> he named it Grim Grin in honor of Gisa's face. Uh, which is the, the origin of the name he he gives us. Uh, another similar necroalchemist is Ludovic, uh, who we got a not great card for along with his creation, Krom. Ludovic is the Dr. Frankenstein of the plane. He is the preeminent um, mad scientist on the plane, who not only does... Um, we see in the original Innistrad, he has an egg that hatches into this lizard monster thing. Um, we see that he's created his own Frankenstein monster and various things like that. So Ludovic is the mad scientist creating just horrific crap on the plane. <laughs> uh, Micaeus, I, I'm, we just talked about the Sasanis. Their distant cousin was Micaeus Sasani who was the Lunarch. Um, he was the Lunarch when Avacyn was sealed into the Hell Vault and went, oh shit, we gotta pretend like this didn't happen or everyone's gonna lose faith, and yeah. Um, he wa ended up being killed during uh, Gisa and Garalf's uh, invasion of the city, uh, and Liliana... I believe, resurrected him as a zombie, which is how we get the zombie card of him, in order to find out where Gristlebrand is. Uh, and that was the end of him, more or less. We haven't seen... <laughs> I'm pretty sure his corpse gets destroyed, but it doesn't... I don't think it says it explicitly. I, I'm pretty sure most zombies don't stick around for too long on an Istrad. Uh, either they waste away to nothing, or someone comes by and just sort of lops off their heads with a silver rapier or something. Sp Speaking of um, dead religious folks, I mentioned St. Traft earlier. So the Geist of St. Traft was uh, a very heroic man who held on to his identity and his purpose after death, which is not that common among uh, geists or ghosts on Innistrad. Um, usually they're very focused on revenge. Uh, Traft was still very focused on protecting people. And it's through his power that they were able to uh, help save the plane because uh, he was able to possess bodies, essentially, and uh, along with other benevolent geists um, and help keep Emrakul's influence at bay for the uh, warriors, the Cathars that they would possess. Uh, so there's a whole order of St. Traft now uh, that was started by Thalia, who, again, we'll talk about in a second. She's one of the major players for the first two blocks. Um, so that's yet another sect of the um, of the Avicinian Church. I mentioned the Sigardians. There's also this Order of Saint Traft who traffic with geists, benevolent geists. Yeah, the the big deal for the Order of Saint Traft is that they kind of came together after the fall of, uh, well, after the Lunar Council became pretty much uh, well known demon consorters. 
Uh, so we'll talk about some of the major players in that. But uh, essentially, the Thalia and Audric and Greta and some of the other big uh, Cathars, who we're going to talk about in a second, realized, hey, there's a bunch of demon worshippers in charge of the Lunar Council. Screw them. Uh, we're going to go off and find this dead saint, and we're going to sort of form around him. And uh, that's when the Lunar Council was like, hey, these are a bunch of heretics, and they sent a bunch of people to kill them. Uh, creating what was essentially the civil war among the Cathars. Uh, we know who was victorious because uh, there is still a Thalia card, and uh, we're probably going to get a new one. Uh, but speaking of Cathars who came out victorious, uh, we got Audric. And Audric was sort of like one of the most devoted, loyal Cathars to the church. He was like the Lunarch's right hand man. He was. The Lunar Council's right-hand man. Yeah. Um, but like even before then, he was a very dedicated Cathar, very dedicated to Avicen and the church. The leader of the Gavany Riders. So there were these mounted uh, mounted cavalry, essentially, that were some of the best in, in the world. And he has some awesome cards. Oh, yeah. So he's got a couple of cards. The first one we got was, I think, an M13. Uh, he was like one of the, like, the, the flagship uh, legendary creatures of the set. Uh, and he kind of took on a life of his own and became a very popular card and a very popular character. Uh, we see him in Shadows Over Innistrad when he, like I said, kind of teams up with these other renegade Cathars and joins the Order of St. Traft. Uh, interesting other character who does not have a card, technically does not have a legendary card, but kind of has a card. Uh, Audric also has a lieutenant. Uh, Greta or Greta or whatever, however you pronounce that. You know, I used uh, to always say Greet in my head until recently, and then I was like, oh, it's probably Greta. <laughs> yeah, it's probably Greta. Um, but she is uh, sort of depicted on the card Crusader of Audric. She's a red-headed Cathar. Uh, she plays a pretty big part in that story of Shadows of Renistrad and Eldritch Moon as one of these sort of uh, Cathars who remains loyal to Audric and sort of says, hey, uh, the Lunar Council is full of demon worshippers, but I still believe in Audric, and I believe in Thalia. Uh, she's uh, just a good being. She's a good guy. Good girl. Good, good character. Being. She's great. <laughs> she she does yeah. join the Order of St. Traft. I should note, Audric does not. He does not join in the uh, attack on Emrakul, because he is just so broken. His faith is just shattered, and his will to fight is just shattered after the Lunar Council essentially orders his death for doing the right thing, essentially. And he's forced to kill some men he trained on the way out. Uh, so he's not actually involved in the end there. And he may not technically be a member of the Order of St. Traft. We don't know. We'll have to yeah, see. He, he still allies with them, I would say. He doesn't, uh, maybe not directly, but if you were to put him in a faction at the end yeah, of that, oh, I yes, would say yes, he's, he's aligned with them. Uh, but uh, we'll figure out. There might be something else going on. The next characters uh, are Van Helsing. <laughs> do you do you want to talk about him, Chris? Because you added yeah, him. Uh, Rim Carolus. Uh, he is he doesn't have a card. He's one of those other flavor text characters who doesn't have a card yet. Uh, but he is sort of like you said, the Van Helsing of the world of Innistrad. His big claim to fame in the Innistrad block is that he is the like the blade of the Inquisitors. He is the Slayer. He goes out and he hunts the biggest, baddest demons and monsters on the plane. Uh, he would be the one who has protection from demons, vampires, and werewolves. Um, first strike, two two, whatever that card was. Um, but he uh, he goes out and he does all these you know monster hunting. 
Uh, and then he finds out, you know, the angels start going mad after Avison comes back and Nahiri does her shenanigans and uh, there's demon worshippers in the the council. And then Rim Carolus goes from Blade of the Inquisitors to gaining a new title, which is Slayer of Angels. He's sort of like the first Cathar that we hear about who decides, hey, uh, these angels are killing innocent people. And my job is to kill monsters that kill innocent people. So these angels are kind of monsters. So he kills them. And that's Rem a pretty big coolest. deal. He's he's yeah. he's just the best. He's he 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 ain't pardon my language, he ain't nobody to fuck with. Like he just <laughs> he's I am very faithful in the church. I kill all these monsters. Oh, what's that? The church is bad. I'm killing them too. Oh, what are these giant uh, you know, extra planar entities taking over mines, turning into warp mutations, sharpening his blade on his wet zone? Just yeah, another he, day. <laughs> he goes from being Slayer of Angels to being Slayer of Eldrazi because uh, I, I think there's a flavor text for one of his cards. For a, a, a It's an equipment card from Eldritch Moon. Uh, it's like a, a cleaver of some kind. And the flavor text is something along the lines of like, it works on everything else. Just keep hacking until they stop moving. Mm. So uh, he's, a, he's a real cool character. I hope we get a card for him. I hope he shows up in the story. I believe he features uh, a little bit in the stories of Eldritch Moon. He gets at in least the end, some, yeah. yeah, he gets some name recognition for sure. Uh, because he is an angel slayer and there's a bunch of, you know, crazy angels. He actually shows up in with the Eldrazi fight. I don't think we see him in the angel fighting. Well, he did a bunch of angel fighting off screen, that's for sure. Uh next up is Thalia, who we mentioned a whole bunch already. So Thalia was like the second in command in charge of the defense of Thraben. Uh, then Gisa and Garolf came a knocking. Uh, this I'm not going to go too much into her history because this is all going to be covered in the story next time because she was a <laughs> yeah. central player. Uh, but essentially, her boss uh, couldn't be found. She eventually discovers he threw himself off a cliff rather than fight down this undead horde. Uh, she sacrifices like the outer ring of the city to save everyone. Uh, but then Liliana shows up and forces her to choose between the Hell Vault and her men. She chooses her men who just survived that whole horrible ideal. Uh, ordeal um and the hell vault's destroyed fast forward a little bit and uh avison is turning against people she is one of the first um to recognize the issue and becomes kind of a renegade cathar uh fighting against the church's um inquisitions and would you uh, would you say she becomes a heretic cathar I would say that. Yes, Chris, <laughs> actually, I would. <laughs> and, she goes from being the guardian um, of Thraben to being a heretic Cathar. She and, and Greta, uh, Greta end up, uh, I think, in some random chapel or something where they discover the Geist of St. Traft. Uh, and they end up start they start working with him. And that's how we get everything else going on. And we'll talk about that more next time. I feel kind of bad because she's like such a cool and important character, but like literally the story of Innistrad is the story of Thalia. So we'll talk a lot about her. A good chunk of it. Yeah. Uh, the last character we're going to mention is Vronos, uh, who is dead and we don't need to talk about him. Now, Vronos is if you ever saw the Duels of the Planeswalkers 2015 in a opening cinematic, uh, Garrick beheads this uh delicately filigreed masked planeswalker who's following him that is vronos vronos was a cathar whose first planeswalker landed him on esper they helped rebuild him after he was attacked by a monster i think it was like a werewolf tore him up or something um and so then he ends up 
uh, being ordered to track Garrick. And yeah, it, it doesn't go well for him. He's dead, never got a card. That was like six years, seven years ago now. So that it, it probably won't be happening. So let's, let's do, real quick, talk about the uh, last few monsters and fiends. The Gitrog monster uh, is a very well-known card. It is the subject. It's basically a giant toad that was mutated by the, at least implied to be mutated by Eldrazi uh, (laughs) influence. Yeah, it falls into a bunch of giant toad tropes as well. Uh, It has a whole story about how this cult forms around it, trying to feed it uh, to bring prosperity. Uh, Hanweer was a whole city that was essentially fused together, city and people all. Uh, under the influence of the Eldrazi. Um, Ellison Lurs has a really great, uh, had a really great social media story uh, called the Hanweer Chronicle um, that kind of told the, the tale of the town as this slowly happened to them and they all became this one giant kind of massive ooze Eldrazi entity. Ishkana is a giant spider and that is basically all the lore we have on her. <laughs> uh, Tybalt is a dick, um, and we actually talked a lot hey, about hey, him. Hey, watch about your, watch your language. <laughs> I mean, you're right. You're right, but still. Um, you're lucky Lorelai isn't here. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's basically, he was a sadist uh, who ended up uh, performing in a, uh, he was, he, he wasn't very bright, the Cathars. Uh, started to catch up with him. He he wasn't very bright and he was lazy, uh, but he was a sadist and he wanted to be like a, an alchemist. Um, and when a bunch of uh, Cathars descended on his latest experiments and were going to either take him or kill him, he cast a spell that fused him with devils, which ignited his spark. Uh, and he's just been a cosmic nuisance ever since. Uh, finally, the Kralmar, which is this ancient uh, sea god... Uh, that was hinted at in Shadows Over Innistrad. Um, it is hinted that Renatromkirk worships this Kralmar. Um, we don't really know too much else about it, other than uh, there were a lot of red herrings uh, back in that time uh, to kind of help, to put this, kind of help obscure uh, the Emrakul reveal. Um, so there were a lot of like different things that could be happening there, and the Kralmar was one of those names. Uh, well, I mentioned earlier when we were talking about the the fourth angel sister that there was the unnamed angel from the uh, Children of the Nameless story. Uh, there's also another character who I wouldn't be shocked to see show up, uh, and that's oh, Tessinda yeah. Verlassen. Uh, she is sort of the main character of Children of the Nameless. If you uh, can find Children of the Nameless to read it, I recommend it. Uh, you might have to do some Googling to find a copy of it on the internet because it's just not available on their website anymore. Uh, but Children of the Nameless, great story by Brandon Sanderson. Uh, Tacinda is sort of like a weird, she's a human, just to put it out there. Uh, she might be a planeswalker. We don't know. It's weird. The implication but, is that she's yeah. a planeswalker. Yeah. I, the implication is she leaves the plane. <laughs> yeah. Um, she leaves the plane with an entity, which is a, yeah, we didn't get into Children of the Nameless here. I think we covered Children of the Nameless on this podcast, though. We did. Okay. Um, so you yeah. can go back to that old episode and read and listen to all about that story. Uh, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to bring that up uh, a little bit next week because there are some implications from that story that could help set up the future of Magic Story. So we'll see. But other than that, I think that's everyone. We've talked about everyone on Innistrad, all of the people, every single one of them. 
Oh, wow. That was episode 46 in December 2018 <laughs> of the Vorthos cast. For perspective, this is episode, what, 172? <laughs> 172. Uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, we might have to, to revisit that one and talk about it again, because it has been a while. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend reading that. Also, I was joking, this is not everyone on Innistrad. So the thing about Innistrad that's really cool, and one of my biggest, one of my favorite planes, is that um, we have two blocks set on Innistrad, right? We've got uh, a wonderful uh, plane shift that James Wyatt did for Innistrad that's got a whole bunch of things where you can, you can play D&D with Innistrad. Uh, it's got a lot of little lore tidbits in there. But then also we have an Art of Innistrad book that's just full of lore. Um, so if you love Innistrad, there's a lot of Innistrad. <laughs> There's a lot out there. Uh, they even have a, a reskinned version of, uh, uh, what was it, um, Curse of Strahd, the D&D campaign, that's set on Innistrad, full of characters and story and all of these you know little tidbits that you can look into. So there's like hundreds of characters. There's a lot of characters, a lot of people on Innistrad that have story to them. But uh, we just wanted to stick to the, the main magic card ones when we talk today. Yeah, there's so much going on there and so many named side characters that uh, it'd be difficult to talk about them all if you want a perspective. So I go through and I will frequently record the name of like every character, even if they're just mentioned offhand. And Innistrad has to have like outside of like um, Dominaria has to have one of the highest instances of named characters because it's three blocks. So there's somewhere around 341 named characters on Innistrad. Yeah, yeah. So that's 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 quite a bit. We weren't going to be able to cover all that. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, let's move on to final thoughts. My final thought is, um, buy my book. I'm gonna plug it again. Planes of the Multiverse. Uh, if you like these kinds of things. Let Wizards of the Coast know. If it sells well, they might hire me for more stuff. You know, I said that last time too, but I'd already been hired for Planes of the Multiverse, <laughs> but it'll help me with even more stuff. Like, by the time the last book came out, I had already finished Planes of the Multiverse. So, yeah, it was... <laughs> the timelines on these are wacky. Um, but yeah, uh, I would appreciate it. It would help me get some more work. Um, it is a work for hire, so you know I don't I don't get paid better if it sells really really well, uh, but it does get me help get me hired for more stuff. Sweet. Uh, my final thought is that uh, there is a new D and D show out on uh, Dimension Twenty on Dropout TV, and the first episode was great. And uh, it's the Seven. Uh, they're back on the world of Spire, and it's super awesome, and it's. Tons of fun because Brandley Mulligan is hilarious and the new players are all great too. So check it I, out. I just finished, I think I just finished the second or third season, uh, but the first season was really great and I'm really excited to return to those characters. Is there, is there another season that covers that world? Uh, so I believe there's two seasons with the bad kids and then there's one season with um with a di with people in that world but like not really related to the, the bad it. kids and then these like this new game is basically in that world um brandon lee mulligan is playing um a, basically an npc that's traveling around with this group of players but 
Um, it's the it's basically if you finish season one, right? You well, I guess I know you, I know who the I know who the seven are. Yes. Yeah. So it, it's it's just the seven, and they're great. It was hilarious. So I gotta check it out. Uh, my final thought is, uh, yeah, I don't watch any D and D shows, so I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, but I do, I do play uh, a lot of D and D games, and I also play uh, a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen, which I know I've shilled a couple of times, but like, mm-hmm. there's a lot in that game. Holy crap! I am just like overwhelmed by all the things to do, and I'm gonna play some more of it after we get done recording. I think, um, just a lot happening in that game. It's very fun. The story's pretty good. Uh. You can go check it out. Uh, definitely, uh, if you're looking for new MMOs, um, worth checking out. But uh, just remember that you know every game studio is kind of evil in its own way. Uh, but all the workers there are good people, though. So, well, for the most part, except for the ones that are the yeah yeah, except for the, yeah. the ones that are the, the the middle of the problem. But just a reminder, like you know, there there's there's bad people everywhere. Every game studio has its own problems. Uh, the people who make the games, generally speaking, are good people, and they deserve respect, and, and sometimes they reserve, deserve admiration. Uh, and don't take it out on people uh, if you think there's something wrong with their game. It's probably Leadership not their sucks. Yeah. yeah. Let's put it like this. Leadership sucks. Hold the top accountable. Uh, random person, like random voice actors, random developers that happen to be on Twitter, are not the ones you take your uh, your anger out on. Uh, I cool. mean, unless they're the unless they're the ones actively doing like yeah, the we, we gotta hold them tops accountable. Oh my god! All right, so <laughs> thank you. If for you that too like listeners. holding tops accountable. I have no idea how to segue from that now, Chris. So <laughs> thank you for that. Um, you can join our Patreon at uh, the Vorthos Cast at www.patreon.com slash the Vorthos Cast uh, and join a fine community of Vorthoses from across the world uh, as we talk about Marvel's What If, uh, as we uh, get excited over the latest Pokemon game and the floof that is the new regional variant of Growlithe. Uh, and all sorts of fun things and discussions as we, uh, especially as we jump back into the Innistrad stories. Uh, I think there's going to be some really great discussions and lots of people having fun. Um, but yeah, yeah, we great. do sometimes talk about magic lore on the Vorthos Discord. Yeah, <laughs> did you know that? Yeah, yeah, for real, we do. We do. Most we of do. the time, it's about movies and video games, but there is a lot of discussion about magic lore too. It's just you know, on a different channel. If you also want to hear me uh, screw up the entire podcast, uh, because I guarantee uh, Chris and Lorelai make me sound so much better at this than I really <laughs> am by editing out the terrible parts. Uh, you can also join and be one of our live listeners. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.